Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Welcome back, KIP Nation. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Such a pleasure and such an honor to be before you today. I hope you are driving safe. I really hope that you learn to use this podcast as a drive time vehicle when you're driving to work, when you're driving to church. When you're driving to the grocery store, when you're driving to pick up the kids, when you're driving to take kids to soccer, this is a great driving medium. It's only about 15, 20 minutes, and it will bless your week if you make it a part of your week every day. Some people use it while they're cooking. They listen to it. I hear people use it while they're folding clothes. But this should be, this podcast in particular, should be a part of your day, uh, a part of your week. I, I designed it like that. I hope you appreciate the impartation and the information that God releases through myself, my wife, and just the people who have come behind me to be supportive in KIPP to make sure that you hear this every week. I appreciate them all the time. I really, really do. Listen, we have so much to cover. We've been dealing with best practices in leadership and leadership development, best practices in leadership and leadership development. And there's so much to talk about. So I'm going to jump right in it. Um, I want to remind you before I jump in it, just in the beginning to make sure I remind you to subscribe. And if you want to ask me a question or suggest a topic or you have commentary, you now have a way to do it. You can reach me at kipnationpodcast at gmail.com. That's kipnationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach my wife. Uh, we're both available on that uh, email address. That's kipnationpodcast at gmail.com. So listen, this is Black History Month, and you know there's a lot uh, talked about when we refer to the leaders of yesterday. But I believe that this podcast has the ability through the power of God to build leaders for tomorrow. And I hope that those leaders that are 
necessary for the sustainability of our community and the sustainability of the world that you would use these principles to help you. It took me some 40 years to learn them, uh, and I hope that they bless you as well. So let's start with number one. And I want you to remember uh, kind of our focus. As leaders, we must learn to love and care for God's greatest commodity. You know, as leaders, the central focus of leadership is, is not the practices that I'm going to tell you. It's the heart. The heart of the leader must be pure and the heart of the leader must love. He must love the people that God has gave them, love the vision that God has given him, and love building a synergistic organism, not just an organization, and we can talk about that in another uh, podcast, but a, uh, a synergistic organism that supports the move of God in the earth. Now, you may think that when I say move of God, we're talking about just church, but I need you to know that God is Alpha and Omega. So not only does he support church, but it supports hospitals. There's ministry that is done in hospitals. There's ministry that is done in corporate America. There's ministry that is done in the police force. There's ministry that is done from the fire department. There's ministry done with the uh, in education. Wherever there are people, there's ministry going on. And wherever there are people, we need to learn to treat them with a modicum of respect that we call love. You got to love them. You got to love them. You love them in spite of themselves. Again, and I talked about this a little bit last week because God loves us in spite of ourselves. So let's deal with number one. And I need you to kind of wash your mind of all the things you've learned of leadership and just kind of embrace some things. Because this may sound like it's specifically germane to church, but it's not. This will help you whether you're in a for-profit world or the non-profit world. It doesn't matter. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. So listen to these principles. Uh, make them applicable to your daily life. And I guarantee you, you will see a change in your leadership model as you address these things. So, so the first thing that we need to do and the first thing that we need to understand is that we need to shepherd them. We need to ha have the ability to teach them the model of Genesis 2.15. Genesis 2.15 gives us two ways to operate, okay? The first way, it says he told Adam to tend and dress. This is when Adam was put in the garden, but he told him to tend and dress. Well, that word translated into the Hebrew means to serve them, to manage them. So they would have to serve and manage the garden. So what am I saying? People need to learn how to serve and manage in the position that they have at the same time. Now, this may seem like an oxymoron. How can you serve and manage? Well, one, you can serve and manage by managing properly. Managing properly. And let your manage management be your service. So when you are at the top of your management game, you are also at the top of your servant game. Because you are managing so that others will have a more practical experience as employees or workers or teammates. In other words, you have to see them as the people that you are responsible for, the people that you have stewardship over. And so you're trying to give them an optimal experience so that they work at their optimum capacity. 
So watch this. The second thing is you want to teach them how to be stewards over the things they manage. So the second word that God gave Adam was to keep. To keep means to secure and protect. So they want to develop ownership, if you will, over their product or over their uh, responsibility or over their work tasks or over their play or, or, or whatever it is that they are assuming responsibility for, they need to own it. In other words, take pride in what they're doing. And I'm not talking about worldly pride. I'm talking about a sense of making sure that they are approaching this thing with an attitude of doing, doing the very best that they can do. A steward. And you know what a steward is biblically? A steward biblically is one who understands that we've been put in the earth to manage God's resources according to the Bible. The Bible is our guide for stewardship. So a steward manages God's resources according to his word. So then we as marketplace leaders have to learn that just because we're in a secular position, it doesn't mean that we operate with a secular mindset. We have to operate with a kingdom mindset. And whenever a kingdom mindset is employed, what happens is it brings influence into the marketplace. So watch this. And we're not trying to, to just persuade them to, to, you know, go our way, but we're trying to give them a better adaptation for life. So, so watch this. Now, if they get saved in the midst of it, hallelujah. That, I'm not going to be mad about that. But what I am saying is we have to conduct ourselves as believers, both in, in church on Sundays and Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. We still have to be believers. Being a believer is a lifestyle. And so if you're a manager, if you're a boss, if you have people that you're in charge of, you have to learn how to shepherd them how to pastor them. Yes, not in the sense of pastoring as a church pastors, but loving them to the point where you hold them accountable for what they do in terms of their management and you hold them accountable in terms of the stewardship of, of how they procure and take care of the things that they're responsible for. Let, let me move on. Teach them, number three, teach them uh, according with sound doctrine in mind from the word of God. So you want to teach them the word of God without teaching them the word of God. We have to teach them the ways of God without having to quote scripture, without having to be Bible thumpers. We have to be able to take what we've learned and adapt it to a language that the people who are under our uh, stead or people that we're responsible for can relate to all right we have to translate this gospel and uh, so so teach them how to adopt a lifestyle of worship as a series of best practices that create godly behavioral patterns that shine in the midst of darkness and, and it starts with simple things like teaching them respect teaching them how to talk to people teaching them how to listen to people teaching them how to respect other people's opinion teaching them how to say what they have to say without being belligerent and dogmatic. Teach them how to get along with other people. These are all skills 
that are marketable in the secular society that were first spoken of in the word of God. And so if you're a believer that's a leader, you need to pastor or shepherd your people by teaching them how to live godly without ever opening the book. See, this ought to be an innate lifestyle. It ought to be just the way that you are. So number four, love them in spite of themselves with both grace and mercy. What, what do I mean by that? And I think I talked about this a little bit last week. I always remember that you mess up, that you don't always dot, dot every I and cross every T, that we have flaws. So when I'm managing people, I have to re remember that I have flaws and I mess up. And I have to keep those flaws in front of me so I don't forget when other people mess up that I have to love them with both grace and mercy. In other words, we got to give them another chance and another chance. We're not in the business of destroying people or tearing people down, but we're in the business of building them up. That's what any good pastor wants to do with his congregation. Regardless of how errant their behavior starts off, we always see you got to be a visionary as a leader. You have to see beyond where they are. You have to see not who they are now, but you have to see what their capacity is, what their ability is to become in the future. You have to see what Jimmy Castor used to call potential, P-O-T-E-N-T-I-A-L, potential. You have to see beyond where they are right now. If you're going to be a good boss, if you're going to be a good pastor, if you're going to be a good teacher, if you're going to be a good leader, if you're going to be a good coach, these things are inherently in, important to the development of your leadership style and the development of the organism that you are growing. Why, why organism, not organization? Very quickly, because an organization is stayed, it has an imprint, it has, a, it has one model uh, a paradigm that you follow exclusively, but you're trying to develop a flexible people, a synergistic people, a people who change with the times and are able to adapt and modify according to the situation that they are encountering. So if you're doing that, you're developing an organism. And so that organism teaches people flexibility. It teaches them how to change. It teaches them how to make decisions on the fly. It teaches them not to lock into one style of doing things, doing things or teaching things or talking about things. It teaches them to be unpredictable, but predictable. Unpredictable in the sense that they know that there are more, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And our objective, as long as our objective gets dealt with, we are satisfied with the outcome. So what am I saying? You have an opportunity to teach people that whenever there is an objective and an expected outcome, they have A, an opportunity to perform to achieve the objective. C, they or B, they also have an opportunity to perform at an optimal level so that they uh, come out with the desired outcome. That's it. They can perform and achieve the objective, but achieve the objective in such a way that you have an optimal performance, the best performance, and you achieve the best outcome. This is the quickest way to 
climb the corporate ladder, if you will. If, if you think outside of the box, if you have the ability to see beyond what they're asking you to do, but to think on your own terms and achieve an objective that is beyond the expectations of those who you are working for. So let's go over them. Go over this again. You shepherd them. You teach them how to serve. You uh, teach them how to steward. And part of being a shepherd is teaching them how to steward. Then you teach them sound doctrine from the word of God, with, of course, without Bible thumping. It has to be a lifestyle, which means you have to read the Bible yourself and pick out the types of things that are useful in the workplace, in the workforce. And most of the things that are in the Bible are useful in the workforce. So you have to have a lifestyle of worship that uh, brings about a series of best practices that create godly behavioral patterns that let your light shine in the midst of darkness. And you then have to translate that to your staff. Four, you have to love them in spite of themselves with both grace and mercy. Again, always keeping your flaws in front uh, of you uh, or front and center all the way, always. And then number five, listen to them and put a bomb in their wounds. Listen to people. Learn to be sensitive to people. I talked earlier in part one about emotional IQ. Emotional IQ is the ability to learn how to deal with people and to learn how you deal with people and how the way you deal with people affects people. It is the management, the, the, the emotional management of people. So we have to learn how to listen to people. Our job can't be or the objective can't be so important that we ignore the people who make the objectives and the outcomes come to pass. So we listen to them and with the intent of putting a bomb on their wounds, you want to rush them and you just want to produce your product. And that's great, but that's not good shepherding. That's not good managerial leadership. That's not good leadership at all. You have to take the time to hear people out. You need to be able to look at them, look at their work ethic and see something has changed. Look in their eyes and see something has changed. Look at their facial expressions and see something has changed and be concerned for them. Because if you're not concerned for them, then they're going to put out a product that is less than what they're capable of producing. So rather than let them put out a product that's less, you spend time with them hear what they have to say, address the issue, and, and remember that when you do that, you put a bomb on their wound, if you will. So then, here's something leaders must learn. Listening is critical. The insight or the wisdom of your people, the insight or the wisdom of your people may point to a crack in the foundation that will come back to haunt you later. People see stuff that we don't see. So instead of ignoring them, instead of knowing everything, instead of trying to be superior all the time, and, and, and you don't have to be superior all the time. You, if you do the things that I'm telling you to do, they will automatically look to you for leadership. It's not about superiority. It's about taking play, people to a place where they feel comfortable producing their best product, all right? So the last thing that I want to deal with today is number six. Number six, we can't be so caught up in the achievement of the vision that we don't have time for the people who make the vision happen. We can't just hear them. God requires us to listen to them and make adjustments accordingly. Remember what I said earlier. 
they may see a crack in the foundation that will come back to haunt you later. If you're not prepared, if you have not learned to listen, and listening is a skill. Listening is probably one of the number one leadership skills available to leaders today is learning how to listen. Not only do we listen to our employees and our workers and our teammates and the people that we have responsibility over, but we need to listen to the sound of the environment, of the culture that we are creating. Listen to the heartbeat of the culture. Listen to the voice of God. Listen in your environment. Be in tune with what's going on. You ought to be able to tell when the day we're, we're off. We're all off today. You ought to be able to tell when there needs to be a sense of, hey, stop everything that you're doing. Let's have some time, a time of motivation. Let's have a time of sharing. Let's connect. Let's, let's, let's have a special lunch break today. We need to be in tune with our people. And if you're in tune with them, you will find that they will be in tune with you and you will be able to achieve not only the objectives, but the outcomes that will make for a great marketplace product. Listen, you've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Next week, we're going to do uh, number 7 through 12. I hope you invite your friends to hear these different uh, leadership best practices and these behavioral patterns that will help us to really be successful in our leadership uh, models. Uh, this, again, is not just for church. Even though we talked about the Bible, even though we talked about a biblical behavior, a biblical behavior is for the Christian who understands that we live a lifestyle of worship. And not just for other people, but we live this lifestyle every day as a matter of influence because we are serving of the God of influence. Hey, don't forget, reach out to us, kipnationpodcast at gmail.com. We love you. I'm saying on behalf of myself and my wife, we love you. We appreciate you. And we hope that you'll be with us next week. God bless.